0: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. It is Christmas here on the podcast, please, and thank you, because it's Christmas everywhere, so I decided to make it Christmas here as well. I got the decorations going on. If you are on audio, you are missing out. At least look at the thumbnail. I'm probably going to include that in the thumbnail, and that's all you need to look at, actually. The rest of it is just going to be the same as everyone. I'll try to balance the audio and video experience for everybody, but one day... One day it's going to be Chinese New Year. I think it comes like once every couple of years. So Chinese New Year comes, and it's going to be the podcast, please and thank you, is going to celebrate Chinese New Year. One day it's going to be Hanukkah, I'm going to be celebrating Hanukkah over here. One day it's going to be Eid for my Middle Eastern slash Arab people, and it's going to be Eid over here as well because this is an all-inclusive podcast where we include all the words and all the holidays and all the topics that you care about tonight is gonna be a christmas special episode you know i'm gonna celebrate jesus so i'm gonna keep this clean no assholes no dicks no clicks no fucks none of that stuff we're gonna keep this 100 percent clean it's gonna be very pg slash pg 13 maybe 15 plus if they still use that rating and it's not gonna be r-rated so none of that kind of stuff if you want to watch it With your parents you can do that if you want if you want to watch this with your grandmother and grandfather you know the ones that are a little bit sensitive to my earlier material they can watch this one they can watch this episode if you want to want to watch this with your whole family you know you you can do that it's a very family-friendly episode and uh, yeah I don't actually recommend watching it with your family but if you want to do that you know it's up to you and you get to live with the consequences while I get to stay here in my Safety place and just the studio. I just live and breathe and sleep in this and eat in this studio This is this is where I live all the time. I never leave. There's no reason to leave actually right now. It's like a It's like a quarantine thing or a lockdown. It's a lockdown thing So if you're watching this in two years or if you're listening to this in two years from now, we're still going through the covids here Okay, you're catching up on my earlier Christmas episodes. I I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that We're going through the COVIDs here, there's a lockdown going on, where I'm from, we're in Canada, we're in Ontario, there's a lockdown, everybody's gotta stay home. So, uh, so yeah, that's what, that's what we're going through. Anyway, this is gonna be a pretty exciting episode, it's Jesus' birthday, I'm super fucking excited. Today is his officially, you know, what is it, a couple of thousand years from now is his birth, he like came out of the womb? Or did he, did he, is that what they said, they came out of the womb, or did they say he just kinda like landed? in someone's porch and then one day just someone just like saw him and was like yo this guy's like pretty cool i'm gonna raise him and what's her name mary is that what she said that's what she did like she saw him and she was like yo he's all alone and you know no one banged her you know no one no one banged her no one slept with her she just saw the kid in the porch and they were like yo let's let's bring him in and it's like a gift from god and all that and that that i think that's the story of Jesus. i don't know i'm not into the the bible stuff i haven't read the bible myself i've seen one uh when i checked in this hotel when i was in czech republic with a friend of mine and we had a bible actually we were in an airbnb and uh, there was a bible in our airbnb like i opened the cabinet thing and uh, or whatever the the thing the the table the side table next to your bed and there was a bible there and i was like yo this is pretty sick there's a there's a little little bible there i didn't read it but it was nice as a decoration I think that's why they put that stuff there. They just put that stuff as a as a decoration. Anyway, let's get to it. Roll the intro. So there's a couple of different things I wanted to talk about today. But, you know, there's this whole Christmas thing going on right now, and... We didn't really we celebrated Christmas back home. It's not that we didn't celebrate Christmas, but the Christmas that we did back home was a little bit different. So we had the decorations, you know, we're in the Middle East back home for me is Bahrain, by the way, small country, cl- close to Dubai, close to Kuwait if you don't know where that is. And uh we still celebrated the Christmases. It's just we just celebrated them in a different way. It's like we had the decorations and uh, we were like, oh, what do you want to do for Christmas dinner? You know, we still had the dinner with the families and whatnot. We still did that stuff. It's just no one was was big on the Jesus. You know, no one was like a big Jesus lover, if, if, you, get, if you get what I mean. You know, like we still did that stuff. It's just there wasn't that Jesus wasn't involved as much as we wanted him to, you know, because it's like that was more of a Christian thing. So we were just like... Yo, you know, that's cool that they do that, so we want to do that stuff. Uh, but I never got any Christmas presents. That was not a thing. That was not a thing that I experienced. You know, the whole, like, going downstairs and uh, seeing a tree and seeing a bunch of presents under the tree that, you know, Santa left. Uh, that's such a cool experience. And I just, like, never got to experience that stuff. And that was something I was always jealous about. That was something that a lot of the the teenagers, the the kids... Where in my school, we're, we're very jealous of, we're just like, ah oh, man, like, these people, they, they the, the rich people at least, the wealthy people, not so much the poor people, the poor people don't get anything, they get the coals, you know, they get the black coals, and, and maybe they get like a toy car, or something, you know, if, if, her, or if their mom and dad took out a loan, you know, they get a little toy car or something, or they get a Playstation, they get a whole big console, they get the Playstation, but they get no games. Okay, because your parents are poor and, you know, that, that kind of sucks. But I'm talking about the wealthy people for the, the middle to high slash high class people. They got the good Christmases, you know, those people. You wanted to be friends with the high class slash middle class to high class people. That's what you wanted to do uh, back home. You wanted to be friends with the, with the rich kids. If you are friends with the rich kids, you know, they got the cool toys. And even though you didn't get them, you got to play with them, which is always a plus. You got to play... With the rich people toys, you know, you're poor, you don't get those toys, that's fine. But if you have kids, you have friends that are rich, you know, they get a car, they get a they get a motorcycle. You know, I'm not saying my friends got a car or a motorcycle. I'm just saying, like, it would be cool if my friends got a car or a motorcycle. And I was like, yo, can I drive? I'm only 12. But like, you know, they, w- they would just let you. If you were good, if you had a tight relationship with your friends, they would probably just let you. Do that kind of stuff, you know? But I never really experienced the whole Christmas thing, you know? And I got the decorations, like I was saying, but I never, like, got that stuff. You know what we did, though, for Christmas? We went, like, me and my family, we would go to Chili's for Christmas dinner. You guys know Chili's? You guys have a Chili's here? Okay, where you're from, where I'm from, Chili's was big. Chili's was, like, the shit. Okay, Chili's was, like, the place... Tego, especially for Christmas dinners, for New Year's. Uh, it was such a cool place to go to. They had really good food. But when I came to Canada, when I came to like Toronto especially, I realized like they only had like one Chili's. I was so shocked at this. Like, by the way, if you don't know what Chili's is, it's a restaurant. They serve food. That's kind of nice. it. It's like a TGI Friday's, basically. It's exactly like that. It's basically a TGI Friday's, except it's not called TGI Friday's. It's called Chili's. So instead of calling it TGI Fridays, imagine if TGI Fridays was called Chili's. That's basically what Chili's is. So we had Chili's and we'd go to Chili's in our Fridays for our Christmas dinners. And uh, it was pretty sick cuz they had good food. That was back when they still made quality food. Now their ingredients are pretty shitty. At least back home they are, I don't know about here. We don't even have a Chili's here. I don't I don't know if there's one in Toronto, but there's no one in Ottawa. So I never really know what, I don't know what Chili's would be in Ottawa, what it would be like, because they don't have one. But if they did have one, I feel like it wouldn't be that good, because the one in Toronto isn't that good. So I expect the one here to not be good either. But man, the food was good back then, back when their supplies, that the, the, their management actually cared about the quality that they served. You know what happens over time, over the years, what do you do? You stop caring. And about the quality, about the UX, about the user experience, about the experience of your customers, and you start focusing on the money. You start focusing on the money. So you focus on that shit, and then you start thinking about, huh, how can we maximize profits and all those? Like, you see those numbers? Instead of zeros, let's turn them into numbers. Instead of having, like, I don't know, 15 digits, let's have 16. How do we do that? And the first thing that they come up with, apart from paying their staff less money, is... Um, uh, Reduce the quality of the food rec- Reduce the quality of the supply And that's never a good thing Okay, that's never a good thing You know why? Because Domino's did that Remember when Domino's did that? Remember then there was a time when Domino's was shit Domino's is awesome Now, I like my Domino's I like my Domino's pizza You know, once every two weeks is nice Once every few weeks is nice Or once a week even That's that's good with me too I like my Domino's they, they make good food They make good pizza I like their pizza Okay, maybe you don't like their pizza, that's fine. I don't know what you like. Just send me... Post a comment, send me an email, tell me what you like. I'll, I'll reply to it on the next podcast. Okay, even if you send me an email or a comment, like, three years from now, I'll just reply to it. <laughs> the next podcast, from now, if you are listening to this in, like, it's 2020 right now. So if you're listening to this in, like, 2022, like, that's basically... I'll just read that in 2022 and I'll be like, hey, someone... Reply to my 2020 thing, and they were like, "Yo, I forgot what I was talking about." I told the rust what have thought there. I was talking, I was listening, I was talking about chilies at one point. But anyway, yeah, Domino's—that's what I was talking about. Do you like your Domino's? I like my Domino's. But at some point, Domino's lowered the quality of their supplies of their food. So what happened was they actually lost the monies. Okay, who would have thought? Who would have thought you reduce the quality of your food and eventually you lose money. But there was a whole story about them in CNBC if you've ever watched that uh, on YouTube. I think it was CNBC. If I if I remember correctly, CNBC is the one they make a lot of deep dive episodes on YouTube where they put like really cool episodes about just like companies what happened to them, where they're at right now. Uh, I think it's CNBC, or it's definitely not CBC. But anyway, if it is CNBC, you know, props for them, props to the team for doing that video. It was a video about Domino's and how, like, they fucked up at one point. And basically what happened was their supply, uh, they're a corporation, they're massive. So a bunch of different groups in the massive like 1000 plus employee corporation were like, how do we cut costs? And everyone's thinking like that. Everyone's having that mindset of how do we cut costs? So everybody kind of just like started cutting costs in different spots and different places until eventually the quality of their food, like they cut costs on the bread, they cut costs on the cheese, they cut costs on the chicken, et cetera, et cetera, until their food literally just got turned to shit and their sales started going down because yo, Domino's stopped being good. So they realized that, thankfully, and uh, now they're back to being good. I still think they used to be better than they are now, but they are back to being good. It's Christmas. A lot of people are probably with their families right now. You know, I don't have my family here. Everyone's like 10,000 kilometers away. So what I do here when I, during the Christmases, during the New Year's, is I hang out with my buddies. That's what I do. I hang out with my friends. Okay, because that's what you do during Christmas when you are an immigrant and you don't have your family here. You hang out with your other immigrant friends that don't have family here either. And then you're like, yo, bro, you don't have family here either. Neither do I. Let's chill. And that's basically what you do. That's basically what we do. That's We get t- together in the dinners. We get together in the lunches. And we start gossiping about our other friends. Okay, and it's like, oh, that, like, fucking Tyler that fucking Canadian dude, he has his family here, fuck that guy man, we don't have our family here, we don't actually say that, but we talk shit, we just talk shit about our lives, about celebrities, about our friends, about our family, because that's what you do during Christmas dinner, you know, we don't have the drama that you guys experience, that other people experience, which is super sick, People some of my friends always come back with all this drama shit that happened. Someone cheated on someone, this person exploded on the other person. Um, you know, metaphorically, through their verbally, not actually exploded into bits and pieces. And it's always fun. It's always fun to hear those kind of stories. I feel like it's shit to be a part of those stories, but it must be fun to experience them. You know? I, that's the that's one of the things that like I'm kinda happy about with, with staying away from family, is you don't experience the drama. Of family Or the toxicity of family. I'm not saying my family is toxic. My family is actually pretty chill. They don't have the toxicity that some families do. Some families have. But I know some families are very toxic. And it kind of sucks because sometimes. Let's say you're dating an Italian girl. Or a Middle Eastern girl. Especially Italian girls. Italian girls tend to be very family oriented. And let's say you like her. You love her. You're super in love with her. But you don't like her family. Okay. Sometimes some Italian girls are very like. Uh, strange and weird with their mindset because it's like, regardless of how toxic their their families are, they'll still stick with them, no matter what, which is fucking dumb. Very stupid. But some of them are like that, and some Middle Eastern girls are like that too. You know, I've dated some Middle Eastern girls that are very, like, they'll stick with their family regardless of how toxic they are. And it ends up dragging you down as well because if you're dating her, you're also with her family, you're also with her friends, so you're not just dating her, you're dating... Her family, kind of. You're not fucking their family, that would be weird, but you're sort of dating her family as well. Whatever problems she has in her life are your problems now. So if she's got family problems and you don't like family problems, well, this girl is not the right person for you. If you can't tolerate that, just find someone else. It's hard though, it's hard when you find someone that's really fucking sick and you're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man, you are sick but your family fucking sucks balls or you are sick but your your you are sick but your friends are pieces of shit why are you friends with pieces of shit i don't understand that i never understood that whole thing with the whole like your friends you are f- close friends with someone that's a piece of shit it's like why are you friends with that person okay if they're a piece of shit oh well we used to go back in the day we used to be friends in high school we used to be friends in middle school we used to be friends in fucking like i don't know like uh you know oh or that person helped me out a lot when i was a kid or when i was a teenager or some shit and you feel like you owe them for some reason it's like okay you you owe them maybe at one point by being friends with them but if that person's a piece of shit stop being friends with them that's kind of how it works it's like hey, okay, you're friends with someone whatever whoever you're friends with you know you're gonna have to cut them off at one point or another if they're a piece of shit. If they're a piece of shit, you gotta be okay with cutting them off at one point or another because everybody grows at a different pace. You know, everyone grows at a different uh, rate. So if you start kind of drifting off and taking a whole different path and just having that friend uh, sticking around doesn't really fit you, doesn't really help you out in any way, that person doesn't add any value whatsoever, just... Don't have them as a friend anymore. Just cut them off. It's not that hard, honestly. I'm not saying that that's what I did to my ch- to my friends. I'm just saying that, like, you have the ability to do that. I've done that to some people at some point in my life. And I don't know what the fuck they're doing. For all I know, they could be dead. I don't want them to die, but they could be. They could be dead. You know, I feel like death is not that, uh, not as bad of a thing to avoid, to be honest. Because it's kind of like... You kind of, they call it, they say it's rest in peace, you know, they call it rest in peace. And I do think that, I do believe in that, the whole rest in peace. You are at like this eternal peace because uh, when you're meditating and you're really focused for a long period of time, you're kind of like focused on this nothingness, you know, you're in this kind of like nothingness zone and uh, yeah, you're kind of focused on this nothingness, which is pretty fucking sick. When you're in that zone, when you're very focused, when you're in a very meditative state, it is really fucking cool. I, I do enjoy that. It's like my favorite part of meditation. Well, I mean, that's the thing that everybody tries to get at when they're meditating. It's like you reach this point of complete focus, complete nothingness, and it's very, very cool. It's almost like you're in a psychedelic experience. Um, but when you're you know, when you're dead, it's almost like that person is there all the time and they just they're fully present in nothingness. They don't experience anything at all, and I don't think that that's bad, man. You know, I get the whole sadness of like losing that person and not being them not being around in in your life anymore. Especially, especially, it really sucks when you know that person is striving to become something greater than than their than what they are, and that person kind of dies while they're doing that that fucking sucks you know that fucking sucks. like oh man this person really wanted to become something more and halfway through their goals they kind of like or or like towards their journey while halfway through their journey they kind of like died or something happened to them where they're not able to continue on that dream and that fucking sucks i'm not saying i'm not going to be sad if a family member of a close friend dies i'm just saying well i've had that experience and it does fucking suck but i'm just saying that i think there is this i can't remember which culture it was maybe it was somewhere in eastern europe or something where they they actually celebrate when someone dies because like oh this person has reached eternal peace and whatnot and it's like great and they actually party when someone dies which i really like that i really like that idea when you you party with someone dies. it kind of feels like in western culture and even middle eastern culture it would kind of feel kind of insulting in a weird, in a funny way, because it's less like, "Yo, fuck that guy, he died, woohoo, fuck yeah." But honestly, I think it's a cool thing when someone, uh, well, not cool thing. I think there's a sense of uh, what well, I, I can't, I can't find like the right words here because I'm probably gonna fuck it up. There's a sense of peace that they experience, and it's like, "Hey, that's cool that they get to sense, they they get to experience that like sense of peace, but in- eternally, forever." Uh, I'm not saying mourning over a death is not... I'm I'm, I'm hanging on this topic of death way too much. This is kind of getting depressing. This is kind of getting depressing. But yeah, man. Christmas. Christmas is pretty cool. But I have a couple of topics that I want to talk about today. And we're going to start with my boy, Tom Cruise. You know, one day, what my hope is that Tom Cruise doesn't get involved into some fucking sexual allegation where he ends, ends up fucking a lot of kids, like, kind of, I don't know, with whatever the hell happened with Bill Cosby, you know, that happened to Tom Cruise, that happens to Tom Cruise at one point. Because if you look back at my podcast episodes and some of my YouTube episodes, it's like YouTube videos, it's like I keep saying, my boy, <laughs> to Tom Cruise, or my man, and that's not gonna, that's not gonna come off right. 10 years from now if he gets involved in that stuff. But as of this recording, my man is not involved in that shit. But what he did go through, and I did talk about this a little bit in the podcast, please and thank you episode 5, check that out. And uh, this is episode 6. I never really introduced this episode, episode 6. Yeah, so this is episode 6. Um so yeah. Um Tom Cruise recent Tom Cruise has uh recently had a COVID rant on the set of Mich- Mission Impossible 7, that's what he had. So just a quick recap, if you don't know, uh, on the set of Mission Impossible 7, Tom Cruise yelled at crew members for not following COVID protocols. And apparently some people quit. Some people quit because of that. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny, because like I, initially I didn't want to listen to the audio recording, because I don't like getting involved in this like celebrity drama kind of thing, which is interesting, because I already made like another video In regards to celebrity drama, like the Elliot Page thing. Um, And now I'm talking about the Tom Cruise thing, so here we fucking go. Um, So yeah, I listened to the audio recording, and I thought, you know what? He just sounds like a teacher yelling at a bunch of kids. That's what it sounds like. It's like when your parents, when you fuck up over and over and over again, and then your parents yell at you, that's exactly what it felt like. It reminded me a lot of when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, and I was being a piece of shit with my friends, and then my teacher would yell at me, and I would be like, whatever. And I would continue being a piece of shit, and then the teacher would yell at me again, and I'd be like, I don't fucking care, bro. And then they would, uh, uh, they would yell at me again, I would continue being a piece of shit, and then they would just snap at me and at my friends, and be like, what the fuck? is wrong with you it's like they just fucking snap and they go all out and they fucking explode on you metaphorically verbally not like actually explode that would be weird if they just exploded so that's kind of what it reminded me of and all the stuff that he was saying it's like okay he's under a lot of pressure he's under a lot of pressure from the studios studios are listening to him to understand like what kind of protocols are they following that's working for them and it's like Okay, that's understandable, that's a lot of pressure, and not only that, but but the media isn't reporting on like a lot of different kinds of news, everyone's kind of focused on this one audio recording. If you actually dive deep into it, and that's what I want to focus on, that's what what I wanted to talk about, is that they are actually recording Mission Impossible 7 and Mission Impossible 8 back to back. So they're doing the whole Infinity War endgame thing, we are doing it back to back which is very ambitious. They've never done that as far as I know. They've never done that before. So they're going to re- they're supposed to release Mission Possible 7 this year this coming oh, sorry, this coming year in 2021. It's 2020 December right now. And uh it's it's they're going to release the next one in 2022. So it's like summer 2021 and then summer 2022. So that's a lot of pressure, man. And not only that, but every Mission Possible movie, or like at least the recent ones, costs around $150 million to record and to, to make. Not I don't know if they're including the, the marketing on this. So imagine that times two, that's about $300 million. If they're actually filming Mission Possible 7, Mission Possible 8. You know, that's that's a lot of fucking money, man. That's a lot of fucking money is involved. So a lot of money is involved. A bunch of kids basically are not following the rules over and over and over again apparently because because if you listen to the audio recording it honestly it doesn't sound like the crew members broke protocol once it sounds like they repeatedly did it until he exploded and he's like what the fuck is wrong with you guys okay um so i thought that was kind of interesting so Another thing that I noticed is that uh, I found is that Mission Impossible 7 was originally supposed to get filmed in February 7th. So February. But it kept getting delayed because of COVID until September. So here's the thing. Because it kept getting delayed, they had to recast someone very important. Like one of the people that was playing an important role in the movie had to get recast. And it's like, you can kind of see how if a role, a certain role is written for a certain someone, and they had to get recast, or she had to get recast, uh, or he had to get recast. They that really that could really fuck up the movie. That could really change the momentum of the movie. And it's like you're excited to work with this one person, but then they have to replace them. So you kind of see the, a lot of pressure, the financial part of it, the, the a lot of delays, the recasting, and not only that, but according to Cinema Blend, Tom Cruise spent 700,000 of his own money, um, of his own money on the, to, to buy a cruise ship, to buy like a boat for the crew members. And just so that they can all be kind of in a bubble away from people. At least that's what symbol Bland said. I don't know if they got their facts on, but that's what it says. They, he wanted to buy He bought a cruise ship slash boat, for a bunch of the crew members so that they can have their own bubble and be away from people for the whole COVID stuff you know so that nobody gets COVID. because if you don't know what happened in the batman that is being led by robert pattinson he's going to be the batman which is super sick i'm really excited for that he did an awesome job in tenant he's the only guy that did an awesome job in tenant and uh, in terms of acting at least so i'm excited to see what he does if you don't know who that is it's the twilight guy the main twilight vampire dude Okay, not the Taylor Lautner, not the, not the Taylor Lautner, not the super hot guy. Okay, the other guy, the guy that's not as hot, the guy that's kind of average looking, but for some reason, they keep saying how hot he is, which he isn't. He's a good looking guy. He's not like super hot. He's no Taylor Lautner. Okay, I'm on team Taylor Lautner in the, in the, in the Twilight movies. Just, just wanted to clarify. If you haven't seen Taylor Lautner, Google image Taylor Lautner, half naked or some shit i'm not saying i googled that i'm just recommending you to google it and if you would google that you would be surprised at what he looks like guy looks beautiful guy looks jacked as fuck i just wanted to clarify i am a straight man but he does look extremely good looking very good looking kind of guy anyway where were we at so in september Yeah, so, oh yeah, I was talking about the Batman. So, Robert Pattinson, the Batman guy, got COVID. And because he got COVID, the whole thing got shut down. They had to delay it by like two weeks or a month or some shit. So, keep that in mind as well. If Tom Cruise or anyone in their crew members gets COVID, the whole fucking thing gets shut down, which is further delays, which is a lot of money again, which could re- lead into even more recasting. So you kind of see how this, it snowballs into like a lot of fucked up shit. And I've said this before, my Mission Impossible is Tom Cruise's baby. That's his thing. You know, Mission Impossible is his big movie um, that everybody looks forward to. And that's when he, he's super passionate about this. And I've only heard good things about Tom Cruise in terms of like people that have worked with him. Uh, in the in the casting people, the actors and actresses. I'm not friends with these people. I don't want to put myself on a pedestal here and say like, yo, I'm friends with the casting crew. And I know what they're talking about. Everyone says Tom Cruise is the shit. I'm just saying in interviews that I have listened to. Everybody says Tom Cruise is really awesome to work with. And he's very passionate, apparently. So you kind of see the pressure that he's under. Moving on. I wanted to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Again, so I've already made a Cyberpunk 2077 video, and I want to talk about the lawsuit behind Cyberpunk 27. So I got the title, I got the what happened to Cyberpunk 2077, 2077 on consoles, CD Projekt Red's embarrassing decisions. That's probably what's going to be the title of this video. If you don't know, you probably do know if you clicked on this video, but I'm going to do a quick recap cyberpunk 2077 was announced in 2013 holy fucking shit that's like if i do the math seven years seven years from now it was announced in 2013 and it was set to release on april of this year of 2020 april 2020 is when was the original date it got delayed till september and then it got delayed again in november and then it got delayed again in december now look delays in the movies tv shows video game industry in the entertainment industry in general is a normal thing that's understandable delays happen it's very hard to make a movie it's very hard to make a video game shit happens that's fine no one's no one's hating on them for that there's a bunch of five-year-olds and 10-year-olds online well 10 and 12-year-olds online that are you know sending them death threats for delaying it and shit but those people don't matter because those death threats are empty so Here's the thing when the game did finally come out, they sent uh, a review code. If you don't know what a review code is, basically a code for reviewers to play the game on. So they sent a review code for a bunch of reviewers to play the game on PC. Okay. And you're probably thinking, okay, you know, it's on PC. What's the problem here? PC is the more, it's the better gaming system. You got that. You got the graphic cards. You got the CPUs. You got the RAMs. You got the. You got the, what is it, motherboards and all that shit. You got all these gizmos. You know, you can play it in maximum settings. You can't play that on consoles. So, of course, they would do that. That makes total sense. They want everybody to get the full experience, right? But here's the little twist. The PS4 and Xbox One versions are running like a piece of shit. They're not optimized, okay? When I say they're not optimized, I'm saying they are not only extremely buggy. But they run like shit, they are extremely choppy, they are constantly crashing over and over and over again. So it doesn't matter if you're playing it on the Xbox One or the PS4, your, your version is constantly crashing over and over and over again. And that's a big reason why they decided to not give people the PC, not give people the console version because it would basically be unplayable. So, even if you disagree with that, you know, you're like, okay, but I already got the patches. You know, I can already play it on consoles. It's not that bad. Well, it is pretty bad, but you can say that if you want. It's not that bad, blah, 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 because you spent your $60. You know, some people spent their $60, or if you're in Canada, your $80 plus tax, it's even more. If you spent your $80 or $60, you know, it's understandable to have this buyer's remorse and want to defend your title, but... There's no denying that the game runs like a piece of shit, especially specifically on consoles. I know on PC it's very buggy, but it's like playable and whatnot, which is hilarious. It's like, oh, but it's playable. It's like that's enough. Yo, when I buy a game, I don't want. I want that shit to run without any bugs. Okay, when I play my Last of Us, when I play my God of War, I when I spend my sixty dollars, when I play my Spider Man, I want. I want this game to run with no bugs. And if it does run with bugs. I will occasionally let that one slide, but fucking Christ man, it ruins the immersion. It ruins the fucking immersion man. I don't understand how people are okay with bugs, I think people are okay with it when they're reviewers, you know, when they review a lot of games and they have to play these games that are very buggy because the day one patch is not out or the week one patch is not out. And it's like they just got kind of desensitized to buggy games which is very sad to be honest because most of the games that I play are not buggy. Actually, I don't play any buggy games. I haven't played any buggy games in like in years to be honest. Like the latest game that I played that had a bug in it was like Spider-Man PS4 and that was released like what? Like 2 years ago and I experienced a bug where it's like the audio was a little bit off in a cutscene and that's it. Most games I play, almost every game I play is like pretty polished. You know, and that's the kind of experience that everybody should have. It's kind of weird that people are just okay with buggy games. I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, not to get too off topic, not to get too ranty. CD Projekt Red recently, and uh, no, not CD Projekt Red. CD Projekt Red is facing a class action lawsuit. So according to Polygon, this is straight from the Polygon.coms, the lawsuit was by New York-based firm Rosen law firm I'm so, I don't know if I'm supposed to know who that law firm is, I don't know them. In the lawsuit, lawyers said CD Project made false or misleading statements about Cyberpunk 2077. According to the suit, CD Project Red didn't disclose enough information about the Cyberpunk 2077 about Cyberpunk 2077. Basically said they said it was ba- it was buggy it was virtually unplayable but the thing that they wanted to sue them for is over this particular statement in one instance during a conference call there, conference call with CEO Adam Kuchinsky Adam Kuchinsky the CEO of CD Projekt Red told investors there was no problem with the console versions and it just needed optimizations to be done. I believe this call was done in January 2020. The game got released 12 months later and the game is running like shit on consoles. So he's saying there's no problems with the console version and it just needs some optimization in January of 2020. So 100% they deserve to get sued. They deserve all the suing. More people should be suing game studios and publishers for releasing very buggy games to be honest that should be a norm I wish that was a norm because it would discourage publishers from pushing out games that are buggy and that doesn't work or don't work properly look like I have a lot of respect for indie studios that hustle and they grind and they put uh, their game out they gotta hit their deadlines and the reason why they gotta hit their deadlines and they can't afford to delay a game is because if they delay the game, um, they just don't have the budget to keep the animators and the developers and the designers to continue working um, without some sort of revenue. They need to generate some revenue to keep working on this game. Now, I'll make exceptions for those kind of people. It's still unacceptable to release a game that is buggy, but I will make an exception for those kind of people. I understand, you know, if you just don't have the money, it's like, What's the term? It's like uh, trying to... What is it like bleeding out of a rock or some shit? It's like trying to squeeze blood out of a rock. I think that's the term is something like that. It's trying to squeeze blood out of a rock. It's like, yo, you, we cannot pay these people without some revenue. I understand that. I'll make some exceptions for the dev teams. I won't like... It still sucks when they release a game that's buggy, but it's understandable when it's like, okay, they just don't have the budget. But when you, when you are... A massive publisher, like the Ubisofts, like the Sonys, like the Nintendos, like the Activisions, like the EAs, you don't have an excuse, man. They have no excuses. They got the budget, they have the money, and look, I'm not saying that, you know, these games aren't supposed to be profitable and whatnot. They are supposed to be profitable, they need to make money, but dude, you cannot release a game when it's virtually unplayable or it's only somewhat playable or like what the fuck is this shit man like we really gotta fucking step step it up i've i speak with my fucking wallet on this shit i don't (laughs) i'm going on a fucking rant here but i speak with my wallet i just don't buy these games i don't buy them when they're buggy when a game is buggy i just don't buy them that's just how it is okay you know, I speak with my own, but I understand a lot of people don't because fucking Cyberpunk. You know, I, I get it, Cyberpunk was super hyped. You know, you got the Keanos, you got the Keanu Reeves in it. And it's understandable, you're super hyped, and people are saying it's super buggy, but you still wanna buy it. You still wanna buy the game. You still wanna get it as a Christmas gift for your little kid, your little your little daughter, your little sons, you know. You know, they're they they do they barely play anything, you can't afford shit, and you're like, oh, they're so excited for their little cyberpunks, I wanna get them the Keanu game. If, they, if I get them the Kiana game, they're gonna love me so much more. And then you get them the Kiana game, and then they're like, Yo, daddy, this is so fucking buggy. I, don't, I can't play this. It's so unplayable. And then you get sad and depressed because the game didn't live up to the hype of your son-slash-daughter, or both. And then you have no one else to blame by yourself and then you get depressed and potentially suicide and kill yourself and we don't want that so don't do that don't buy your don't buy your little sons and daughters a game that's buggy just don't do that we got another story here from China China has China (laughs) there was like a lull there has China mastered weather modification should we worry? This is coming from Bloomberg. I, I Sorry, I, I didn't get the uh, the author's name. I, I need to get these people's author's name. What's his name? Adam Minter. Adam Minter. Thank you for writing that article. Uh, he wrote an article on Bloomberg opinion. Has China mastered weather modifications and should we, we worry? If you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, he's saying, China is using rockets and pickup trucks. Oh, China is, is seeding clouds and bringing the rain. Oh, that's not the that. actual. Okay, let me read the actual story. Last month, 16 artificial rain enhancement rockets were launched off the back of a pickup truck 300 miles south of Beijing. The operation ordered by the blah, 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 blah in response to a local drought and was resp- reportedly successful. Over the next 24 hours, the county received more than two inches of rain. So basically, uh, the Chinese government le- got the military to launch a bunch of rockets in the cloud. And it was supposed to get them to clouds to get them to rain. Which is, even just saying that out loud, so- out loud sounds so fucking alien and sounds so bizarre that we can do that. Uh, but basically, that's what happened. And over the next 24 hours, ca- the county that they were trying, the government was trying to help, received more than two inches of rain that, according to local officials, elevated the drought, lowered the risk of forest fires, and improved air quality. And that is pretty fucking sick that we are at a point where we can literally modify the fucking weather. Holy fucking shit. I did not know that we could do that. And apparently, according to the article it goes into detail. check it out. Google Bloomberg has China masters weather modifications. very interesting article and it talks about how the US and the China have known about this for a while and they've been like doing tests on weather modifications for like 10 plus years or some shit. So this has been going on for a while. And it reminded me of this movie called Geostorm by uh, it was the actor gerard butler's in it so if you don't know geostorm and i've never watched the movie i just watched the trailer it's fucking hilarious that a pretty bad rating on IMDb. so basically there's these satellites that have the ability to modify the weather and i thought yo that's pretty fucking cool and it's like a really cool premise and the whole premise of the movie is that someone some terrorist organization or some shit took over the satellites and are modifying the weather at like absurd at an absurd level and they're like making certain cities and and towns and shit like really icy or way too hot or 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 they're making like 17 hurricanes all and tornadoes all going at the same time and shit and they're basically destroying earth and it's up to gerard butler to save the day so i think it's really cool that we have the ability to do that i mean doesn't that kind of help with climate change and whatnot if we can do that that would be pretty cool but uh, scientists are saying there hasn't been enough tests that have been done in terms of like how would that affect other parts of the world? Like let's say for example, you know, China does the whole thing within some small town, would that affect some bigger city or bigger country like beside that small town? Or or maybe it would affect um it would affect like maybe somewhere in Canada or somewhere in South America, like I don't know, like the earth is all connected, right? So it's like how would that play out in other parts of the world? Would that affect them in some bad way? And what would happen? So scientists are saying there hasn't been enough tests to understand whether or not it would affect other places negatively. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. If you think I'm gonna say anything bad about China, you are sadly mistaken, my friend. There, those people listen to everything. Tenant or sorry, Tencent basically own. Everything I was watching Wonder Woman yesterday and Wonder Woman, the first one, uh, the first Wonder Woman in, in preparation for Wonder Woman 1984 or 1884, whatever the sequel is called. Okay, amazing movie, by the way. I loved it the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, I still loved it. I think I loved it just as much as the first time. Which is an impressive thing to do when you are a movie. Because sometimes, when from for a movie. Because sometimes I'll watch a movie a second time and I won't enjoy it as much. And I'll be like, ah, yeah, I guess it's not that cool to experience it again. Um, uh, If you haven't watched, you know what's a movie that's really good to watch? Uh, a really good movie to watch a second time. Shutter Island. Leonardo DiCaprio. Shutter Island, you should watch that movie once. Wait, like give it a week or a couple of days or two weeks. Maybe a week, just so that you can still remember the plot points and and uh, and, uh, and what happens. Then watch it again a second time, like a few days or a week later. It is such a fascinating movie to watch a second time. It is a different movie. I have, I have never watched a movie that is literally different to watch a second time. It was a different experience. I went with a couple of friends, or sorry, I went with, a family, with my family the first time, and then I went to watch it a second time with a friend of mine. And, and while I'm watching it, I realize I'm literally watching a different movie than he is because it's his first time and it's my second time. And it's very rare that a movie does that. I heard Memento is like that, like when you watch it a second time, it's a different movie. Um, I really need to rewatch that movie because I'm um, uh, I haven't watched it in a while. I watched it when I was a, when I was a teenager, and I didn't have the appreciation of movies that I do now. So I'm very excited to watch it. But apparently, Momento is like that too. If you watch it the first time, you wait a while, you watch it the second time, it's like watching a different movie. So I'll I'll check that out as well. But man, Shutter Island, check that shit out. Check that shit out. But uh, yeah, basically, this shit uh, remind me a lot of uh, Gerard Butler's Geostorm. And uh, uh, oh yeah, the reason why I was talking about China is because when I watched Wonder Woman at the end of the credits, because I do watch the credits, I always watch the credits of a movie that I like. Okay, you gotta you gotta look at the names of the people that worked on it. You know, you gotta give them some credit. You know, you see like Joe Schmo and your, and he's like the VFX artist, and he probably worked like a hundred hours on that movie. You know, at least watch the credits, man. You should. You guys should like let the let the credits roll. Okay, let the credits roll when you watch a movie, especially when it's a good one. Watch the whole credits. They deserve it. You know, they deserve they deserve to at least just look at your name, look at the name, and then watch the title of what they were at. Like, you see some fucking Christopher Nowinski or some shit, and he was like the, the crew member, or the crew member number two, or the lightning guy. It's like, hey! that guy probably worked like 80 hour weeks or 60 hour weeks, or I don't know, they, I think they have like a a union, so maybe they don't work that long, but they work 40 hour weeks, at least, so hey, he, he did a lot of work, you know, so, so give them some appreciation, so I watched Wonder Woman, and at the end of the movie, the first one, it says Tencent Productions, or Tencent Films, and Tencent, if you don't know, is a Chinese company, and man, these guys just own everything. And they're, they're getting, Tencent is own, has a lot of stakes in like League of Legends and Riot Games, which makes League of Legends. They have uh, a lot of money in Epic Games and a bunch of other stuff. It's, it's very fascinating to see them kind of put their money in all these different areas. And it's a little bit scary because it's like, oh, this massive company owns so much. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Monday, Tencent might buy this podcast or might buy someone that bought this podcast. And all of a sudden, they might have to delete this episode because like, oh, you said the, you said something bad about China. So I'm not going to say bad, something bad about China. So I am pre-censoring myself and saying China is great. China is the greatest country <laughs> on earth. Please don't kill me. But man, it's crazy how powerful... China is man. It's crazy what they are doing with the with the video games now too. It's like there was a move, there was a game called well, there's a popular game called Rainbow Six Siege, and basically they had a version of the game. Initially, they had a they only had one version of the game, and they just deleted a bunch of shit. They did like they removed like uh they removed like like in I know in some games you can't say the word Taiwan in it or Thailand or Taiwan or some shit, like it gets censored. There's a, there's a game where that happens. I fucking forgot what it's called. It's like, it's something with a G. Um, Yeah, I can't remember. It's like a free to play game. It's like very popular right now. It's it's slipping my mind. But if you write Taiwan, it'll actually censor it. And the reason why, and a lot of people gave the, the developer team flack for that. And the reason why they can't do that, the developer team responded and they said, there's a certain uh, guidelines, there's certain guidelines that we gotta follow to put our game out because it was like a, a Chinese developer or maybe they just wanted to put their game in China. And because they wanted to put their game in China and they, only, they were only able to make one version, uh, they decided to, or I think they wanted to just have everybody on the same server. Maybe that's that's what they wanted to do. Um, I don't exactly have the details of that. Um, they uh, You can't write the word Taiwan and they got a lot of flack from people. And the developer team responded and said, we have a bunch of guidelines that we need to follow in order to put out our game. And this was one of the guidelines. One of the things was like, hey, um, Taiwan is a, or some country, some country in Asia, it needs to be censored. Uh, so uh, so they had to do that. And it's like uh, in, in Rainbow Six Siege, they had to censor like skeletons and a bunch of shit. And they got a lot of flack from the from their their team, from their gamers, I mean, from their fans. And then eventually they succumbed to the to the feedback that they were getting from people. And they decided to make a separate version for China. At least that's as far as I know. As far as I know, they made a separate version for China. Where they removed like a bunch of skulls and a bunch of shit like that. Um, and they had a separate version for like the North American and Middle Eastern and all the other versions, basically. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So yeah, it's kind of... A, strange how this stuff is happening and it's very scary because we don't want our world to be like that you know we don't want our world to be controlled by that but anyway that is another topic for another episode and today i think we're going to end it on that thank you guys for watching the episode episode six of the podcast please and thank you i appreciate it as always it's always nice to say things on a microphone or on video And, you know, there's someone on the other side being like, yo, I'm listening to this. And then there's like, you know, hundreds and thousands of people to listen to you or even like a few, even one person is pretty fucking cool. It's pretty cool. It's 2020 right now. We got technology, man. You upload a video online and it's like people listen to it. It's pretty sick. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching. Peace out.